Welcome to the Adventures in Growth podcast, where we share the stories of exceptional founders and leaders in startups and tech. We dive into the secrets to their success, operating a game-changing tech companies, and we share their playbooks of how they've built their careers, led outstanding teams, and designed the life they want. Subscribe to this podcast newsletter at adventuresingrowth.co to receive exclusive weekly insights to supercharge your professional and personal growth. Welcome to the very first episode of Adventures in Growth. I'm Dan James. I'm Andy Hung. And welcome to the show. And we're excited to kick off this adventure. We'll be talking to various senior leaders in tech and sharing insights to their journeys and stories about how they built their careers and what it takes to be a successful leader. And so excited to share the upcoming shows with you. But we thought today we could just do a little introduction about ourselves. And so, Andy, I think it'd be really helpful for our listeners to understand what got you into tech in the first place. What inspired you to get into the world of startups? Yeah, thanks, Dan. So as you know, I spent my early 20s playing in touring bands out of New York. And I think, you know, thinking about this in retrospect, I think this set the stage, no pun intended, for my later career as a growth leader in tech startups in basically three ways. I think first, like there's just a lot of shared DNA, right, between bands and startups. And I think, you know, this subconsciously incepted me. Like there's both, you know, scrappy, collaborative, hugely dependent on your initiative and future vision and, you know, that kind of end state picture, right? That keeps you motivated through all your work. And, you know, even just like looking at like the live performance of playing in a band, right? Like actually playing on stage is just a very small part of it. You know, organizing the show, logistics of getting there, setting up, taking everything down, going to the next town. You know, the old saying goes, you play for free and you're paid to travel, right? And at my level, you aren't paid much anyway. I think it's like really where I took away the kind of perseverance through uncertainty and was kind of comfortable with that coming in and, you know, obviously working with some of the most brilliant and brilliantly temperamental creative people. And I think the second piece of it for me was, you know, the experience kind of set an astronomically high bar for, you know, cultural context, you know, kind of a, it was a generational moment, I think, like the last kind of legit rock scene of my adult life and probably the last canonical rock scene ever. And then I just kind of lucked into it, right? As a teenager, I was obsessed with the TV show Behind the Music, you know, especially the stories of New York bands from the 70s that gave the Lori side of New York its luster. And when I moved there in the summer of 2021, just before the Strokes and the AAS and Interpol and LCD Sound System had put out records and, and it was a really magical time to be part of, you know, a scene where I'd run into these bands in the elevator, right? In the building where we all had practice spaces and this scene would come to dominate the global conversation about music, you know, pre-social media for the most part, but like the same faces like I saw in my neighborhood bars were on the covers of Rolling Stone and Spin, right? And overall, it just, I think it kind of raised the bar for me. Like, you know, by the time you and I had graduated from business school and I was looking for what was next after a tour of duty in consulting, I was looking to find something that gave me that feeling, right? Like joining a, a high growth industry that was part of a greater cultural movement, finding a company that could be a verb. And the third piece of it for me was kind of like having a front row seat, right? And witnessing, you know, the evolution of work. I've told you this before, but like, you know, when I was in bands in, in New York, you know, we're touring, we'd be traveling for weeks at a time. And I was, you know, ridiculously fortunate to work at a very open-minded ad agency that was able to make that work. 
But the rest of the band had classic musicians jobs, right? Like bartending or being the sound guy, stuff like that. And, you know, these are all jobs that kind of happen at the same time as gigs and practices and your friend shows. So a decade later, right, I'm working and consulting in Chicago, playing drums in a top 40 cover band and, you know, no longer had dreams of being a rock star. But, you know, there were still serious musicians in the band who needed non-traditional jobs. Instead of being a bartender or a sound guy, they were actually rideshare drivers, you know, which is basically like the more flexible version of that kind of work. Since you can literally turn it on and off, it's, you know, work on demand. So I ended up joining Uber, a company which ended up truly becoming a verb and started as a general manager there, launching and managing cities across the Midwest. As the company grew from 700 people to over 25,000, I eventually took over Uber's marketing in the Southern US and moved my family to Austin, where we still live today. And, you know, I've, I've continued my, you know, adventures in marketplace startups since leaving Uber running marketing at high growth companies focused on workers in energy, tech, healthcare. And I'm sure we'll get to this, but it was, you know, that set of experiences that directly led to wanting to launch this podcast with you. But yeah, how about you? What was your moment of inspiration to to join the tech industry? Yeah, it's a great question. I, my story certainly isn't as cool as yours in terms of having experience as a band member. Mine, mine's a lot more nerdy. I mean, it's funny because I you know, to that end, I worked in finance in London as a trader and on a trading floor working with hedge funds. But as a kid, I'd always enjoyed building stuff. And without wanting to give away too much of a, of my age, it was kind of pre the move to computers. And so I used to build model kits, model aircraft, model tanks. But I loved that kind of process of creating something that was tangible. And I think that's been a thread for me through my career where you're know, working in professional services certainly didn't give me that sense of tangibility or impact that I craved. And instead, you're servicing clients, moving notional amounts of money around. And it really didn't give me the satisfaction I wanted. And so, you know, even then, going to business school was a means for me to switch career. And consulting was a really good stepping stone, almost like the finishing school for business. But it was still professional services. That product was still something that was, to me, not that valuable. A slide deck is in and of itself not that valuable. So I wanted to get into tech because I think of that, I think, innate desire to build, but not just to build, but I think to have an impact and to do things that I think can have a lasting positive impact on people's lives. And I think that's been a big driver for me of being a founder where the company I built was very much mission-driven. Canopy was geared towards families dealing with problem my family had encountered in terms of the financial costs of long-term care. And I think startups offer that that path to create your own adventure to some degree, right? You know, from my perspective as a founder, I can set my own agenda. I can focus on the things that I think are valuable. And that's been really important. I'm not a big company person for a reason because I like to challenge convention. I don't like to settle for bureaucracy or slow pace of moving. And I think startups give you that ability to challenge convention, to move fast, and to not have to go through the politics of some more traditional large companies. And so, you know, that combination of things was certainly from a, a sort of personality perspective, a big driver for me to get into the world of tech and then become a founder. But I think my first taste of the power of technology was actually as a trader. And one of the things that motivated me to switch careers was seeing firsthand how big data and algo-driven trading off the back of that big data was going to transform the industry. And so I didn't have transferable skill sets, but I was part of that team that built the algo trading platform. And so it sparked my interest 
in how technology could be used to build enough marketplaces, but also match supply and demand and change the way in people the way in which people did business. And so when I married that interest to my sort of innate desire to work on things that have impact and to build tangible things, tech is a very natural path for me and has been a very natural path for me as someone who enjoys the product building process, enjoys design and creation. And as a founder, I think you, that's an, you know, an even more extreme version of a functional focus. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey to say the least. But to that end, I mean, you mentioned this just you know in your kind of overview what inspired you and what experiences as a tech leader has inspired you to then create this podcast because you know i think you and i've talked about this quite a lot but would love to hear you share that with the audience so they understand your motivation yeah no you know we've talked about this right but like if the past decade in tech leadership has taught me anything right it's that leadership is lonely and the biggest hack to a like a growth mindset is consistently finding new sources of perspective and inspiration, right? It's so, I think it's easy, right, to get sucked into the gravitational pull of your business and your industry, and especially the day-to-day meetings and Slack and team management. And it's so important, I think, you know, to come up for air to see the wider view and to get a different perspective. You know, when I was younger, I used to backpack every summer and a big mantra for me was, if you keep your head down, while you're hiking, like all you experience is rocks and pain, right? But if you keep your head up and you see the wider landscapes and you notice the cool details around you, it feels more like an adventure. And I feel like the equivalent of keeping your head up, right, in your career is making sure you're consistently, you know, learning from people that inspire you. You know, and again, we've talked about this a million times, but you know, I've been lucky enough to have worked with and gotten to know, you know, some world-class operators and to hear the kind of you know, especially like the kind of like, you know, third beer of the night insights, right, that you just can't get anywhere else, right? And, you know, part of what motivated at least, you know, my starting adventures and growth with you was, you know, to share some of these kinds of conversations with a wider audience, you know, as high growth startup people, we instinctively always come back to like, how can we take something awesome and scale it? And, you know, there are so many experiences that I've had across thinking about, you know, growth and from an ops point of stand, standpoint or, or product. And, you know, for me, this podcast is basically scaling these insights beyond kind of that intimate chat level, going back to, you know, that formative era for myself when I was obsessed with behind the music and sharing stories and takeaways from exceptional tech leaders, whether they're insights about growing a company or growing as a person, designing the life you want and viewing the whole thing as an adventure. So you know, I guess, you know, from your perspective, you know, what, how have you thought about, you know, the Adventures in Growth initiative and kind of your journey to get here? Yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, I think there's a few levels, right? I think there's just at a personal level, it's fun to do things with fun people. And as a friend and a, as a fun person, I think this is a fun exploration and project to work on, right? It's like, we, I think we've got that luxury now as being a bit more experienced and having that both personal and professional confidence to do things that give us pleasure, not just be focused on building the career or doing things that have to be done. It's doing things that give us that joy and finding a more balanced way of living life. So I think that's a big piece for me. But to that end, I think, you know, as we've discussed a little bit today, but also with our guests, you know, that shared experience of actually being quite fortunate in some regards of having grown up in an era where we saw the first dot-com bubble. And then, of course, that thing exploded. But the evolution of technology, especially when we were at business school, I remember the first iPhone coming out and the first apps coming out, you know, and it's such a novelty. 
And I think the challenges we faced today are different than the challenges being faced by people trying to get into tech, where in reality, in Chicago, there was no tech scene, there was no startup scene. Working for a startup didn't really enter my mind initially, frankly. It was like consulting, finance, or marketing. Those were the three paths that most people went down. And I think the fortunate thing for us is we had to figure out how to make that transition from more traditional backgrounds, although in your case, a much cooler background than mine as a band member, but more traditional backgrounds and then getting into consulting and then leveraging that consulting to get into tech. And I think that experience is one that's common for our classmates, but it's fascinating to see the value, I think, of that diversity of experience and the value that's given people in terms of perspective when it comes to building a career in tech and becoming a leader in larger companies or in startups. And I think those lessons, as you say, are really important to share. And it's fun for us also to use this podcast to reconnect with classmates and hear how they're getting on and see these people that we've known really well, but understand how they evolved their careers. And I think you mentioned this, like the third beer insight, right? Sort of, this is a little bit of an unlock for us to be able to say, hey, it's been a while since we caught up, but share with us, like, what are your principles and values that you've tried to bring to your role as a leader? And I think sharing those are going to be really valuable for not just the existing student body or alumni, but other people trying to build a career in technology and think about how they elevate themselves from being a mid-level manager to being in the C-suite. And I think that's something that, as you mentioned, we're really fortunate in having that network where we can open those doors and talk to these people and have them be so open with us because we can build that trust. So for me, that's kind of a big piece of it. But, you know, I think the other thing, you know, we've got some shows in the can already. I think we've had some fascinating discussions like, for you, as we've spoken to our guests, what are the kind of two or three key takeaways or the themes that have become apparent for you now we've got the sort of first dozen or so under our belt? Yeah, no, it's been an amazing journey to unearth these insights with you. And I think there's a ton of inspiring lessons, you know, in each of the 12 interviews that we've done so far. The two themes that have really stayed with me are around kind of life design level decision making, right? And and also kind of key piece of advice like that I wish I'd had before joining the C-suite, right? For life design, we've heard over and over from our guests, it's about finding what energizes you, what gives you flow, deconstructing that and finding, you know, making structural decisions that you put in place where your energy investments are investments that compound. And this is obviously a super personal journey of discovery that everyone needs to take for themselves. And there's some good exercises out there that can help you get there. But you know, I've always found that like hearing other people's approaches is always helpful in some way, even if it's just opens up some associated thinking. And, you know, again, I spent the last decade deeply involved in storytelling, basically around people's ability to craft their ideal schedule through the freedom of flexible work. It's a great time for their passions and relationships. And it's been really interesting hearing some of those themes, you know, echoed in uh, in our interviews, like we've had, you know, founders and fractional leaders, even a CEO coach talk about how they found a rhythm that works for them. And in, you know, in every case from, you know, traditional full-time to the kind of the previous examples, you know, our guests have made significant transitions often from, you know, professional services to tech like we did. And it's been exciting getting to chat about things like, you know, optionality versus specialization or how to translate consultants you know, set of superpowers to functions like marketing or product. And, uh, you know, on the leadership advice front, I think a common theme on the transition to, you know, C-suite is that you're 
job, you know, becomes less about your own work and honestly less about your own department. And as you think about topics like strategy or culture from a truly company level perspective. And to this end, you know, we've intentionally invited guests across a diverse range of departments. We've got, you know, operations and revenue, marketing, product marketing, learning and development, and, you know, and more. And this cross-functional perspective was something that probably took me longer to internalize than it should have when I first, you know, joined my first exec team. You know, and I hope that, you know, emerging leaders who listen to these interviews are able to leverage these kinds of insights. So that's kind of a couple of highlights. And, you know, there's obviously a ton more that I'm pumped for listeners to discover in these shows. But yeah, what's popped out for you? Yeah, I think some you've drawn out some good ones there. I think the there's a couple that really stand out for me. I think one in particular, which I think perhaps is surprising on a surface level, but maybe not, but just the number of our guests, you know, we both know personally, but have shared that on paper, they've obviously got all the credentials, but in, personally, I think the big challenge for them was actually the mentality and feeling that sense of being an imposter and actually having to overcome their own self-doubt or concerns about their ability to do the job and changing that mentality to recognize they have that capability. And it's just a different level, as you say, with different expectations, but really a lot of the battle actually is against yourself. And I think that's, to me, something that seems to be a common theme across all of our guests. And I think to that end, I think the great thing about the show is that they share the insights about what they do then to be successful in the first 90 days and how they think about building that credibility. And I think that playbook is really helpful for anyone, frankly, whether you're a C-level or below, where you think about how do you leverage your soft skills? How do you listen actively? How do you understand the needs of the business and colleagues to be successful and give yourself that breathing space to then actually build your career, enmesh yourself in the organization? So I think that piece is really fascinating, the sort of combination of those things. And I think getting different perspectives on the value to some degree of, uh, you know, as a switcher, especially having a broad array of skill sets, but then understanding how then as you get further on in your career, to some degree, you need to specialize, you need to pick a lane and really build a name for yourself within a function or within an industry or some combination thereof. And hearing how people have done that and how they've leveraged their backgrounds in perhaps more traditional industries or consulting or banking or whatever that may be. Again, I think is really valuable for anyone thinking about how they build their career, whether at the start of their career or at midpoint or whether they're much later on. So I think there's some really rich conversations that I'm excited to share with listeners over the course of the coming weeks and months. Yeah, so far it's been an amazing set of guests and some amazing insights. So yeah, very excited to to unveil this to the public. Yeah, I have to say, Matt, it's been an honor to be on this adventure with you, growing as a podcaster and as a person, and incredibly excited to share our interviews with the world and the road ahead on adventures and growth. Yeah, likewise, man. It's been really fun. And here's to more adventures ahead. So hopefully everyone enjoys listening to this intro. And if they have feedback for us, of course, feel free to check out the site at adventuresingrowth.co. Feel free to get in touch with Andy and I. You can get our LinkedIn profiles. We'll share those in the show notes. But uh, tune in for more adventures. Yeah, until next time, go have an adventure. <laughs> <laughs>